Welcome to Generation X Paranormal. On this podcast, we'll dive into every aspect of the paranormal and view it from an everyday perspective. And now, your host, Logan Mathias. Everybody, welcome back. So today we're going to be talking about the White House. Now, the White House <laughs> is a very interesting subject. Um, you're going to find it's got a very rich history, and it's got uh, quite a bit of activity, paranormal in that sense. But you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to cover it in a way where. You know, we state the facts and we kind of go through the history of the White House and what paranormal activity has been has been reported. So without further ado, here we go. So getting into the history of the White House, our first president, George Washington, selected the site for the White House way back in 1791. Now, an interesting note about George Washington, he never actually got to reside in the White House, contrary to belief. Uh, he had three different residencies that, that can be looked up. Uh, both or two of them, rather, were in New York City. And then as president, he would rotate between Mount Vernon and the president's house in Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, he just never got to actually to live in the White House that he, that he actually uh, wanted built. So like anything else that's built in Washington or has anything to do with politics, there's a little bit of controversy behind the White House and the original intent and who or where the president was originally supposed to reside. See, originally, the president's residence or residential, well, that's an interesting tongue twister, was set up to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I guess at some point, um, Thomas Jefferson Decided, or there was a committee put together to establish a federal city. And as you could probably guess, this federal city became Washington, D.C. So it made sense at that point that in order to have a federal city, you would want the head of the federal government living in the federal city. So that's when the plans were initially set up for the White House or the president's mansion to be erected in Washington, D.C. Now, as for the the plans and the architecture, interestingly enough, they decided there should be a competition uh, who would actually design and architect this this mansion. So there was a there was a design competition held, and there were nine proposals submitted to the to the committee for this new presidential residence, and with the award going to an Irish American architect, James Hoban. And James Hoban would say that the the influences of the White House came from a a Dublin, Ireland, uh, basically a Dublin, Ireland institution, uh, the Leinster House, which later became Irish Parliament. And in 1791, uh, the first cornerstone was laid. And and interesting of note, uh, the work crew compromise of slaves and immigrants from Ireland, Scotland, and other European countries. So, you know, something as American as, as the White House really was built by a melting pot of individuals. So at the end of construction, the very first U.S. president to reside in the White House was John Adams, and he moved in in November 1st of 1800. Now, what's interesting about that is that it was just right before he lost his re-election to Thomas Jefferson. The building had always been known as the Executive Mansion. However, Theodore Roosevelt made a... uh, 
made it officially the White House because there had been a long-running nickname of the White House for the executive mansion. And to this date, 10 people have died in the White House, including former presidents William Harry Harrison and Zachary Taylor. In addition to that, three first ladies. Now, I bring up the first ladies because two of them... (laughs) And I know this is this is a little bit controversial, but two of them held seances in this building uh, to speak with their with their deceased uh, loved ones. And those two first ladies were Abigail Adams and, of course, Mary Todd Lincoln. Now, kind of focusing a little bit more on the paranormal. Of course, as you knew, this is where this was going. So um, at any rate, uh, John Adams and his wife, Abigail Adams. So. They lived obviously on the uh, on the DC property, and at the time, uh, well, DC <laughs> was basically a swampy area. Which I won't get into the politics of it, but as we know, uh, the ever f- uh, famous drain the swamp type stuff. But anyway, uh, as I said, it was on the swamp, and there was a, a very warm area of the White House, and this was the East Room. And Ab- Abigail used to leave <laughs> or hang the wash out in that area. Boy, I tell you. If something like that was done nowadays, uh, there would be quite a media stir to hang your laundry out in the East Room. But anyway, I digress. Um, But it has been said that you can see her ghost clad in a cap and lace shawl. And what they report is that she is either got her arm stretched out as if she is holding a basket of laundry. And some report that they've actually seen her holding a basket of laundry. Um, so there's there's some purported differences in some of the claims and interesting. Some have even claimed that they can smell the fresh laundry. Um, and sometimes they say they smell the wet clothes or even some lavender in the area. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting that even in, in death, she's kind of going through this same routine. So uh, I guess you would call that a residual haunting if you're going to if you're going to classify it as a haunting. Now. The White House was purchased from a gentleman, uh, his name was David Burns, and he sold the government most of the land of which the city of Washington is in, including the personal residence. So I'd be really interested to see what he actually got for that. But at any rate, um, it has been reported that he also haunts the White House. Um, In fact, it was the valet for President Roosevelt who heard disembodied voices coming from the distance uh, in the yellow room saying, I am Mr. Burns. And later during the Truman uh, administration, a guard heard a similar voice, and I guess he thought it was then Secretary of State James Burns. He went looking for him, uh, but he found out later that, uh, that James Burns wasn't even at the residence. So Andrew Jackson, um, <laughs> they called him Old Hickory, but uh, I think his is a little bit interesting because <laughs> he has heard stomping and swearing, which I find that very interesting because the uh, the first lady Mary Todd Lincoln reported hearing it, um, and that was in the halls of the building, and it was just it was interesting because Jackson's former bedroom, the Rose Room, is said to be one of the most haunted rooms in the whole White House. So <laughs> that's pretty wild, and many have heard him. Uh, basically having this really deep guttural laugh. So I would imagine the people that run into Andrew Jackson's ghost are pretty spooked by the by the end of it. 
uh, Teddy Roosevelt, our 33rd U.S. president, um, he was in the White House for a couple months, and I think he was doing that as a geobachelor because I believe his wife didn't live there at the time. But uh, he wrote her basically saying about how he's heard, uh, quote-unquote, ghouls walking up and down the hallway um, and even in his study. And he talked about the curtains being moved and the floorboards creaking, which... He he considered were Andrew Jackson and Teddy Roosevelt disagreeing. So uh, that was a pretty good way for him to put a spin on it. But it sounded like he was pretty upset about it. Now, on the subject of Harry Truman, uh, he once joked, uh, my choice early in life was either to be a piano player in a um, in a place of ill repute, we'll just say, or a politician. And to tell the truth, there's hardly any difference. That was his joke. Um, anyway, he was on the Truman piano, which later ended up being in the Bush twins, George W. Bush's uh, kids, uh, the two twin daughters, Barbara and Jenna. And they heard in the room after their father took office of this this immense amount of piano playing. Um, and then they reported it to the uh, to the guard outside. And I guess they said, or the guard told them, "You should hear the things that I hear." Now, a very interesting ghost uh, is the ghost of William Henry Harrison. Now, he was our ninth president. He holds a record for having the least amount of time in president. It was just uh, 31 days. But uh, his ghost, however, hangs around the White House in a much longer capacity. And apparently he hangs out in the attic. And um, yeah, he's still walking around there. And, And as legend has it, he lost something up there one day. And apparently... That guy is still looking for whatever he lost, and that's pretty tragic considering he's only in office for 31 days. And then there is Dolly Madison, and for some reason when I hear her name, it makes me want to eat, like, cakes or something. But at any rate, uh, Dolly Madison, of course, wife of James Madison, uh, was the first first lady of the United States. Now, apparently, she was very passionate about her famous rose garden and tending it. And it is said that her spirit chased off any gardeners that were asked to work on the garden. And it's even believed that one can see her among the roses. So I I guess you got to be pretty careful when you're out there because it could be more than just the thorns that could get you. Now, an interesting ghost that I'm going to bring up um, isn't a president or a first lady at all. However, it has to do very, very much with a presidency that I will get into later in this podcast because there's so much to tell about it. And that is the ghost of Anna Surratt. Now, Anna Surratt, if you don't know who she is, and, and a lot of you may not know because she herself isn't linked to this historical event. However, her mother... Mary Surratt absolutely is. So uh, Anna would go, uh, I guess, knock on the door and constantly ask to have her mother freed because um, she was, she had played a role in the 1865 conspiracy to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Um, and apparently uh, some have said to have even seen her sitting on the steps outside the door every anniversary of the execution of her mother. So I, that's, I think that's pretty interesting of note because it doesn't just have to be staffers or presidents or first ladies. But um, I find that very interesting because it was a very traumatic event for that, for Anne Surratt. Now, speaking about non-staffers and non-presidents, another very interesting uh, paranormal report is a ghost that they call the thing, which I've always thought that was pretty awful to call uh, what I'm going to explain. But apparently the thing is the spirit of a 15-year-old boy, which I would think he'd come up with a little bit of a better uh, name for uh, a 
poor, dearly departed young boy. But anyway, um, they, they called him affectionately or not affectionately the thing. And apparently he would pop out randomly and grab the staff's shoulders and then disappear. Yeah, that, that scared the you-know-what out of me, but I don't know if I call, call the kid the thing. But anyway, I guess President Taft had many encounters with this boy. And I guess he forbade his staff from ever talking about the ghost. So it sure spooked a lot of people. Now, the 10th president of the United States um, was John Tyler, and not every event, I would imagine, has to be a tragic event in order for a, I guess, a spirit to haunt or to have some attachment to a building or a, a piece of clothing or any animate object or inanimate object, I should say. So John Tyler, I guess the report is that he constantly is uh, proposing to Julia Gardner in the Blue Room. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a constant amount of of evil that causes people to have sort of this, this attachment to a place. So it could be of joy as well. So a couple of quick notes before we move on to the the coup de grace, so to speak, and that's of Abraham Lincoln. Um, Thomas Jefferson also plays his violin in the Yellow Room, or I should say the Yellow Oval Room. Um, yeah, and that would be pretty freaky to listen to as well. Um, an unnamed British soldier, uh, he perished during the War of 1812, and I guess he roams around the grounds of the White House. And there is absolutely no shortage of reports of, of feeling spooked out or just that creepy feeling um, from people who to this day visit the White House. I mean, look, this building has a tremendous amount of history. It's been burnt down. It's been redesigned. Anytime you redesign something, um, obviously that is known to to make spirits either angry or, or be able to lash out. But um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit. So... And, of course, moving on to the the big one, and that is the ghost of Abraham Lincoln and the ghost associated with Abraham Lincoln. Now, for my non-U.S.-based listeners, and I do have some, uh, Abraham Lincoln... He was the 16th president of the United States. Um, he is very, very, very well respected. People know him as being the great emancipator. Uh, people credit him with and historically credit him with freeing and abolishing the slavery movement or the slavery laws here in the United States. So he is he is seen as a very important figure in U.S. history um, up to and including his head on Mount Rushmore. I should say his head being chiseled on Mount Rushmore. That sounds a little bit better and less less grotesque. But um, anyway, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln served as U.S. president from March 4th of 1861 until, of course, his assassination on April 15th of 1865. Aside from being known as the president to abolish um, slavery and promoted the 13th Amendment uh, to the Constitution, which ratified the abolishment of slavery, um, he was known for for many struggles. Um, he was far from a perfect leader, uh, made a lot of mistakes. But um, I think the one part that, that a lot of people don't grasp is he was a family man. His family was very important to him, his wife, Mary, and his children as well. And having family from Illinois, I can tell you that He's obviously very well known in Illinois. They call it the land of Lincoln, of course. But uh, um, I've got family in um, 
in very rural parts of Illinois, one in particular that would be Ottawa, Illinois. And Ottawa is known to be the first location for the Lincoln-Douglas debates. And the very first one did happen in the uh, in a very beautiful area of Ottawa, Illinois, in their, in their town square. Now, I bring that up because not being about the White House, there are so many reported claims of, of Lincoln's ghost in Ottawa, Illinois. Um, there are so many reported ghost sightings in homes that that he had either lived in or slept in in Ottawa, Illinois, and quite honestly, throughout the entire state of Illinois, um, there's there's usually somewhere, somehow, a connection to his presidency, and this is where he slept, and this is where he ate, and there's sometimes reported attachments to those areas. This obviously is not a complete picture of all the hauntings of Abraham Lincoln. This is going to be primarily of the White House, but I wanted you to know that in no way, shape, or form is his ghost or any any paranormal sightings of the Lincoln or the Lincoln family it is not just attributed to Washington, D.C. and or the White House. Now, I mentioned family. He and Mary Todd had four children, okay? And one will be very important here just shortly, but his children were Robert, Edward, Willie, and Tad. And those were the children he had when he assumed office uh, and and obviously moved into the White House. Now, starting with his kids, and I'm going to be, or his children, I should say, and I'm going to go through them because they're all important, um, but there's one in particular when it comes to the White House. So his eldest, Robert Todd Lincoln, uh, he was the only one that actually lived to maturity. Um, Eddie Lincoln, uh, he died in 1850 from tuberculosis, I believe. And Tad, uh, he survived his father, uh, but died of heart failure at the age of 18, which I always found really interesting. Um, 18 years old and heart failure. But at any rate, the, the one that has an attachment or at least a story with the White House is Willie. Now, Willie, he was born on December 21st of 1850 and died of a fever at the White House on February 20th. 20th of 1862. Now, the death of Willie, I mean, obviously, any death of, of any family member, especially a child, um, you know, because parents are not supposed to outlive a child, but, you know, and unfortunately it does happen. But at any rate, the death of Willie absolutely shook Mary Todd and uh, Abraham Lincoln during his presidency. And it's said that um, one of the greatest amounts of depression um, for a president uh, was reported by Abraham Lincoln. Of course, that can be debated, but um, you know the idea that your that your child died in the White House. Um, you know, it just he he had such a long amount and well noted uh, level of depression during his presidency, um, and of course that that depression was not just felt by him, but also by Mary Todd. Uh, Abraham Lincoln reportedly had gone to uh, gone to a room in the White House and shut himself in the room and wept alone, which you know I find that really, I guess, really troubling because you would think that in a loss like that you'd want to be around your loved ones, but you know, uh, loss and and death does some interesting things to people and their psyche. Um, but you know, in addition to that. Uh, 
Mary Todd, she she just absolutely fell apart. Um, you know, she loved him so much that uh, she remained in bed for three weeks and was unable to attend his funeral. Um, and obviously couldn't look after Tad. And it was a very difficult, difficult time for them. And apparently uh, he was embalmed in the green room. And what's interesting about that is that that particular room, she never entered it again. Um so it was just it was just one of those things where it, it shook them to the core. And this all happened within the grounds of the White House. Now, having mentioned this before, um, she was so distraught by this that <clears throat> she would hold seances in the Red Room. Now, if you don't know what a seance is, it's um, and forgive me, I'm certainly not an expert, but it is a, a ritual performed to speak to spirits or, or to to somewhat bridge the gap or the or the plane between the living and the dead. And uh, she would do this quite a few times. Um, in fact, uh, it is reported that Abraham Lincoln himself only only went to two, but um, it was somewhat prophesied that he was going to be assassinated. So I always found that pretty interesting. But at any rate, she would have uh, seances in the Red Room of the White House to try to speak with Willie. Now, the practices of, of seances was pretty big during the time of the Civil War. Um, you know, there was so much death and so much so much had happened to the family unit that people would try anything they could in a desperate attempt to speak to loved ones that, that had perished during the war. Now, Willie's ghost has been reported in the White House, um, but not in recent time. From my understanding, uh, the last time, or at least the last time it's been noted, that he uh, he was seen by the Grant administration in the 1870s. Now, I, I would imagine that if Willie's ghost did in fact haunt the White House, um, it would probably be something... Uh, that you would expect to see a, a small child or or something of that nature, but you know there are so many encounters of different different reported ghosts or feelings that you know any one of those could be quote unquote Willie. But um, you know, for me, as far as it comes to Willie, I don't know that I believe that he's there. Um, you know, and I do believe in ghosts, but um, but I don't know that he stayed there. Um, I would imagine that. You know, he had a, a very fondness of his mother, and he probably, if there was an attachment and there was some sort of, of some sort of afterlife or some sort of representation of him, whether residual or active haunting, probably would have followed Mary Todd and where she went after uh, leaving the White House. Now, I myself have not found any any reportings of Mary Todd, uh, her ghost being at the at the White House. Um, and it could be, who knows, <clears throat> there could be uh, some version or some residual of Mary, but I, I have not heard of it or it has at least not been well documented. Now, that is certainly not the case of Abraham Lincoln. Now, since his death, or I should say since his assassination, I mean, years and years of documented sightings by presidents, first ladies, guests, staff. Uh, I mean, there has been no shortage of the of the vast span of people that have witnessed his ghost. 
Um, there's some great encounters that we're going to talk about, but I kind of want to start off with uh, Abraham Lincoln himself. Uh, you know, it was reported that he saw his own death. Um, he had, I guess, a lot of, of dreams about it. Um, he, he didn't sleep a lot. He didn't take any vacations. Um, he's well known to have bags under his eyes because the man just did not rest. Um, and apparently he saw his own death. Ward Hill Lamone, and I and I hope I pr- I pronounced that right. Uh, he was a close, I guess, close friend of the president, and he wrote down that Lincoln told him of an evening in early 1865, and he said, and this is really paraphrasing. He said roughly about ten days ago, uh, he had a dream, and it seemed like there was a death-like stillness about me, and then he, had, I guess, he had heard uh, subdued sobs of a bunch of people that were crying, and. He said that he he thought he left his bed and wandered downstairs, downstairs, I should say, and arrived in the East Room. And before him was, you know, I guess like a a almost like laying in state. You know, you see that on TV of a bunch of people, um, you know, around the around a corpse, and there was guards there, and and there was just a bunch of people that were mourning um, upon the corpse, and the face was covered. So I guess apparently in his dream, uh, Abraham Lincoln said, well, who is dead in the White House? I demand of one of the soldiers. And I guess one of the soldiers replied, the president, and he was killed by an assassin. So, yeah, that is that is a very, very spooky accounting uh, by the president himself who would later be assassinated. As I mentioned before, there's no shortage of accounts of his of his uh, paranormal presence in the White House. So we're going to kind of go through a few of the more well-known or well-noted, um, I guess, reported claims. So kind of starting out, um, if you don't know who Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ was, he was a president and uh, he had a wife or... I guess, of course, he had a wife, but his wife, Lady Bird Johnson, uh, had told uh, the press secretary that she believed she felt Lincoln's presence um, one time while watching a television program about his assassination. And apparently she noticed a plaque she'd never seen before uh, hanging over the fireplace and it mentioned Lincoln's importance to that room. And she, she felt a very strange coldness and a very big sense of unease. So that was one report from a first lady uh, just by watching a show about his assassination. Grace Coolidge, another first lady, and she was the wife, of course, Calvin Coolidge. Um, I guess apparently the, she was the first person to report actually seeing the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. And her report is that he stood uh, over the window at the Oval Office and his hands clasped behind his back, I guess, gazing out over the Potomac. And uh, I guess she had reported as as perhaps he was still seeing the bodies of the uh, battlefields and, and just sort of gazing beyond. Now... It is said that that his ghost or his presence is felt or seen quite a bit during uh, a heavy amount of turmoil within the country. And yeah, I'm sure there are some of you that think, boy, he must be pretty busy these days. But, um, you know, keeping political views and and politics aside, um, that is sort of the report around his presence. And I guess apparently he was quite 
frequently at the Roosevelt uh, White House. Um, you know, I guess when uh, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands, she was a ghost at the White House during that period, and she was wakened one night by a knock at her bedroom door. And, uh, you know, she had thought that this must be a, a really important message. Um, so she went ahead and she got up and she opened the door and the top hatted figure of President Lincoln stood in the hallway and apparently the queen fainted, which I'm, I'm sure that was very, very incredibly difficult to see. But yeah, I guess apparently she knocked, she knocked right out and she was lying on the floor um, and I guess the apparition had vanished. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, she claims that she had never actually seen him, but she used her or used the Lincoln bedroom as her study. And she said that she worked really late at night. She could feel his presence when she was working in it, almost like she was or he was looking over her shoulder. Now, moving on to what I have to consider is my favorite reported uh, seeing or, or report of uh, Lincoln's ghost. So Winston Churchill, uh, he was the prime minister of, of Britain. And I guess one night uh, he was he was taking a bath and um, he emerged from the bathtub holding a cigar and being absolutely stark naked. Uh, he stepped out of the bathroom and went into the next room and saw Lincoln leaning on the fireplace mantle. Uh, so there was a brief moment. And I guess apparently they looked at each other and Churchill allegedly took the moment to say, uh, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> so and, and I guess Churchill reported that after saying that Lincoln smiled and then vanished. So that right there tells me that if you are if you're knowledgeable at all about how how some of the reported uh, paranormal things work when it especially when it has to do with an apparition or a a ghost if you will um, there is a residual and an intelligent haunting and that has every characteristic of an intelligent haunting in fact most of if not all all the paranormal sightings of Abraham Lincoln have all been intelligent hauntings so you know, I'm just kind of going to wrap this up a little by saying, what do you guys think? Do you think that that all this is plausible? I mean, you got to think that that uh, a building with so much history and believe me, the White House is not the only one. There is the Capitol building. I mean, there's literally anything of historical significance have had events there bound to have some kind of paranormal activity or attachment to it. But I find this one uh, more interesting. Obviously, I'm paying homage to President's Day, which just passed, um, which is kind of what I got went through this. Um, and my my writer, um, my wife, uh, she kind of helped me out, put this together. And she's uh, she's definitely the, the big catalyst behind it. But, you know, it, it's one of those where, you know, it's the White House. This is seen on TV. It, it's it's where all these major events happen. And I think a lot of people just take it as face value because it's on the news that, oh, hey, you know, it's just a place where business is done. Well, yeah. And it's a place where we're federal and, and, and the country's business is done. Absolutely. But you got to remember, people live there and have lived there for many, many, many years. Um, and it's seen some just outrageous history in its time and people have died there. And if 
you believe in the supernatural and if you believe in in the paranormal and ghost, if you will, you would have to consider that the that the White House would be really at the top of the list of of hauntings because of all the immense amount of activity that has happened there on the grounds, in the building. I mean, this is definitely one of those places that's got to be a hot spot. So, well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, we've got quite a few other episodes. Um, you can reach out to us. Um, we also have a, a Gmail account that is uh, genxparanormal at gmail.com. Uh, please reach out to us. If not, uh, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next week.